When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And they're off. The recruiting floodgates have opened, which means Mel Tucker, for the first time since he was hired at Michigan State some 15 months ago, can welcome recruits to East Lansing. Tom Izzo, also look, busy looking for the next star in his powerhouse program. Lots of potential on campus this week and into the weekend and into the future. Uh, we'll let you know what to look out for on episode 36 of M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. What's up, Spartan Nation? We missed you. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on Friday, June 4th, 2021. And yes, uh, listeners, Kyle, Matt, I, I kind of forgot to tell y'all that we would be going on a little break, uh, so that's my bad, but it is a bit of a slow period. I was on vacation down in Florida, was doing some, some secret scouting from Mel in the Miami, Fort Myers area of Southwest Florida. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, how have you been, man? Uh, not as good as you, but pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Matt, did you have a good Memorial Day? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Had some uh, some family over, I guess family, girlfriend's family, and a couple of them, and uh, yeah, had fun, good time. Was something on Bloody the grill? Mary's, uh, oh yeah, yeah, obviously some cooking. What was on the grill? I gotta know. Oh, I made uh, actually uh, one night. I made uh, we made a homemade pizza. I did a uh, one with uh, Franklin barbecue brisket on it, which was delicious, and then just made burgers the next day and some grilled corn. So pretty simple stuff. Uh, Sounds Matt, fantastic. Matt's very good at uh, at posting photos of his grill and making me very hungry at um, <laughs> at opportune times. I'm a bit of a jerk in sending this stuff <laughs> to people. I will freely admit it, and it's and it is definitely a point of it is to is to be an ass. So <laughs> lean into it. I like it. I like it. I'm always a big fan of grill photos. But uh, yeah, like I said, we were we took a little break here. Uh, you know, it's firmly the off season. You know, the recruiting dead periods over now. So obviously, some recruiting news is is picking up. But uh, you know, Kyle and Matt, this is their time where they can take time off. So uh, you know, and myself included. I mean. So we're going to have periodic times when we have little gaps in between podcasts. Obviously, if some big breaking news happens, we'll jump on and, and, and cover it. But uh, uh, we'll, be, we'll be once a week once football starts to ramp up and all through basketball season again. But uh, here in the summer, might be a little more hit or miss on episodes. 
We appreciate everyone for listening and hanging in there with us. Uh, so we got a few new Apple podcast reviews. Really appreciate that. Uh, keep those coming in. Really helps the podcast. Um, continue to give us rating and reviews. Check out our work on MLive.com slash Spartans. Uh, yeah, and we very much appreciate it. Hit us up uh, via Twitter and email and uh, with your questions. We'll probably have some more time for those here in the summer as well. So let's get into it. Uh, as we mentioned, the NCAA finally, finally lifting the recruiting dead period as the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, obviously still around, but uh, we, with the vaccines and everything, we have a little bit better hold on it. So kids can finally get on campus. Um, obviously a big deal for both Tom Izzo and Mel Tucker, but I want to talk football first uh, because Matt Mel hasn't had this since he's been at Michigan State. And the fact that he's been able to get any kids – that have been able to come at all without seeing him, without seeing how he runs things, his facility, what his football building looks like, what his operation looks like, what the field looks like. Uh, I think it's been pretty remarkable, but this is obviously uh, pretty big news for Mel Tucker now that he can finally get some kids on campus. Yeah. I mean, it is really pretty insane when you think about the fact that the staff until, you know, Tuesday of this week had not had any opportunity to evaluate in person. Um, and they had just, you know, a small group of guys on campus last March before everything got shut down. And so, yeah, it's wild. But, uh, yeah, um, yesterday Mel was at the uh, Fair State Showcase with more than half of his staff. Um, it was <laughs> first time we got to talk to Mel since February 20, in person since February 24, 2020. Um, but, yeah, he – you know, he, he got up and he, he gave a speech uh, for about six minutes to the recruits, and then we talked to him for a little while, and then um, he was out there hitting the field, uh, recruiting, with, you know, seeing kids, talking to kids, and, and watching some of these guys uh, perform. And, yeah, I mean, he's obviously excited about it. Uh, this is, you know, a long time coming, um, and they've been this, – this is just going to be a really crazy month for them between the unofficial visits, the official visits, you know, the whatever camps he, Mel or his staff members do go out and hit when they can get away from, from the football building when there aren't guys coming in, um, and then with everybody coming in, and then they have their own camps in June, three of them, and then another one in July, so it's going to be crazy. Um, but, yeah, first week they've been really busy, had a, bun- had a bunch of guys in for unofficials early in the week, um, including a few commits from offensive linemen, uh, Gavin Brocious and Ashton Lepo. Um, Brocious came in from uh, Arizona on the first day. Um, Interesting one, Dante Moore is a five-star 2023 QB from Detroit King. He was in there on the first day. Um, there's a big group of kids from Cast Tech. And uh, starting today, you get the guys in uh, for the officials. So um, you're really like now is when you start looking because they haven't had a commitment in a while, it's been a couple months. But now is when you kind of start looking because once you, in April when the NCAA announced the dead period be lifted, you know, you really you expect kids to want to go out and take their, you know, take their visits, get a look and see what's out there before they, you know, make a commitment. And now that they get out there and that's when you kind of look for guys to do it. Um, so the guys, I mean, Michigan state's got a big group coming this weekend. Uh, Nico Marchio is a four-star quarterback from Arizona. He's kind of the one that leads the list just because everybody's looking for the corner who looking for a quarterback in the class. And sometimes that leads to some dominoes Bullen um, and Alex Van Summeren, four-star defensive tackle from uh, Essexville Garber, brother of now Michigan State linebacker Ben Van Summeren, be there. Um, Jack Nickel, a tight end from Georgia, he's a former uh, Notre Dame commit. Um, they got a couple corners from uh, Tennessee, Shannon Blair and Jalen Lewis. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a bunch of guys, so that's just some of them. And uh, you start to look to see if uh, anybody's gonna 
they're going to start adding to their class uh, starting this weekend. So Nico, um, how did you say that? Mart, Marsh, Marsh, Mark, Markio, I Mark-io? believe is that, that is, yeah, so, I could be wrong, but I think that's how it's pronounced. So he's a four-star quarterback from Chandler, Arizona. Uh, you know, I don't know if he was ever really committed to Florida state, but he was, I think he was a verbal to Florida state. And, um, yeah. and I, I know that the, the Knowles, one of the Knowles writers, you know, said that he's no longer considered a Florida state commit. You know, I saw a bunch of nasty Florida state people in there making comments. That's not cool. But uh, this is a guy that's been getting some hype in Michigan state circles because it seems like Michigan state, maybe along with like West Virginia and Arizona state are really the leaders for his services. And the fact that he's, I think he's getting on campus today actually um he's already there okay yeah so the fact that he's jumping i think people might be trying to connect some dots here maybe that aren't there that he's oh he's decommitting from florida state and then right away he's taking an official to michigan state i mean maybe that's just drawing its strings and it's where the schedule worked out but i mean it's easy to see why people could get excited about that at least reading between the lines yeah, I mean, this whole thing, I mean, it's recruiting, so it's weird from the get-go. But, you know, he was committed to Florida State. They were – their goal was to take two QBs in the class. That is always very tricky, especially when you're talking about taking two four-star kids. So, A.J. Duffy comes up, visits Michigan State, and obviously they couldn't have contact. But he was there for the uh, this opening spring practice, commits to Florida State a few days later, uh, four days later, and then shortly after that uh, – Nico says, uh, now, you know, says he's going to take an official visit to Michigan State. So, you know, kind of how this stuff works out. Uh, he, he took an unofficial to uh, Arizona State earlier this week, and that's kind of where all that this stuff stems from. So he hasn't publicly said he's decommitted. Um, we can get Graham Couch on here if he wants to talk about the value of the, of the phrase <laughs> commitment. Uh, I'm sure he'd be willing to talk for an hour about that. But uh, uh, whatever, you know, I mean, until they sign – they're, you know, it's just, just words. So once you sign a guy, then, you know, you got him, And then, then the whole transfer portal comes in. So you never, never know how long they're going to stay there, but um, he's definitely a guy to watch as far as quarterback. Uh, they're concerned for the class. And it looks like he has a, another visit planned on June 11th to West Virginia, according to 247. So, yeah, those three definitely seem like the leaders in the clubhouse. Van Summeren, another four-star kid. Obviously, uh, his brother playing for Michigan State can only help their cause there, right, Matt? Yeah, I mean, you would sure think so, unless him and his brother don't get along. But no, I think that uh, I talked to Ben just before he uh, uh, arrived at Michigan State officially and, you know, uh, moved in and enrolled. Um, and he had, you know, he said he'd been working out with his brother. So that's all good there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a kid who's got offers from all your, basically all your top programs in the country, including Clemson, Alabama. And you only get five of these official visits. So. I mean, it's all paid for. So, you know, if I was 17, 18 years old, I'd be looking to go <laughs> get more, you know, maybe get my, my money's worth. But, uh, you know, he's, you know, just taking a drive from Bay City, basically, to uh, Michigan State for the weekend. And so I think that, you know, that's, uh, that's an indicator of them being in a, at least a, you know, decent shot, uh, position with him. And, yeah, he's, a, he's definitely a, one of the biggest targets in the class. Are you aware of any other future official visits that have been locked in? I think I saw yesterday Justin Thin report oh, Antonio Gates Jr. Uh, is another yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a ton. I mean, I I mean, they they have them through the end of the well through the 27th or whatever the last day is before the uh, then it starts another dead period for a month until the end of 
uh, late July and they get a little bit of a window there, but then the officials aren't allowed during that time. So it's June, but yeah, there are a lot of them. They're going to be bringing a lot of guys on campus. I would be reading off names for quite a while here, but these are the guys we were mentioning. These are the guys right now this that are coming up this weekend. So interesting okay. uh, or just an interesting group right now. Yeah. I mean, fans like to talk about Antonio Gates, I think, just because yeah, you know, for obvious reasons, he's his dad, his dad. <laughs> one of the greatest tight ends of all time. You know, he's he's a four star kid, you know, wide receiver. He seems like he's probably a wide receiver. Is he a true wide receiver? Have you seen his tape or is he more is he does he have some uh, some tight end qualities, too? You never know with these guys now. There's so much. uh There's so many, There's a lot of these hybrid guys, you know, that come up now. Yeah, I mean, he's listed. He's listed at 6'1", 185. So that, I mean, unless that's, unless that he's grown a lot or that number's inaccurate. I mean, that's, that's definitely wide receiver size. And I haven't, he was at the, uh, the Ferris camp yesterday. I did not get around to see him. Um, he was not one of the guys I ran into, or at least if I saw him, I, I didn't, I wasn't paying enough attention because I was trying to get around and talk to uh, some of the Michigan state coaches, the assistants, because uh, that was the first opportunity we had to uh, to meet them in person. <laughs> right. Uh, year. Is Mel taller? Bigger, bigger pro- <laughs> Mel taller? No, no. I mean, Mel's the same size. I remember, but uh, uh, some of the other guys was the first chance to see him in person, other than uh, eight stories up in the uh, press box. Right. So obviously with all this recruiting and we'll stay on top of everything that's happening throughout the summer, who's in, who's coming out, all that stuff. Um, you know, the, the director of player personnel becomes a, a big role in uh, longtime Michigan state. Uh, Scott Aligo had that role. He left for, for Kansas uh, last week and it didn't take long for Michigan state to reportedly uh, find his replacement uh, according to the Wisconsin State Journal, Wisconsin Saeed Khalif uh, is in line to fill this role on the staff. I don't know a lot about this guy. I mean, obviously Mel has Wisconsin ties. Um, he played played there, but uh, um, you know, Wisconsin great program. I mean, top top twenty program, I would say in America, been super consistent for a long time. Um, so if we can poach their director of, uh, of player personnel and get him to come to East Lansing, uh, that feels like a big W in my book. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, Scott Aligo was only there for you know, a little more than a year. Um, but you know, at the time, you know, he, his role was, was instrumental in, um, you know, with the transfer portal Michigan state was obviously very active in pulling guys out of that. So that was kind of there. And then, um, with Saeed, I mean, he's got a, he's, I think I think with with player personnel guys, you know the, these roles, you very rarely is going to be a name you've heard of, you know. Um, but but he say he's got an ba- interesting background. He was a you know standout D lineman at Georgia Tech in the '80s. He coached high schools in Georgia and and New Jersey. Then he went and moved into college, and he was back at Georgia Tech working in player personnel. You know, as far as, you know, they've done a great program, obviously, but the recruiting uh, rankings have not reflected that. So, but, uh, you know, basically, you know, in his four years, he took the recruiting to a new level. Um, they, they were, uh, what, 46th class in the nation in 18, um, 29th the following year, 26th um, in 20 and 16th, this last class in 21, and that's the best they've ever had. So, um that would tell you Mel's looking more for that role to be involved in recruiting. And uh, I mean, the, the trip was his track record, uh, at least track record speaks for itself, I think. So um, that looks like a good hire. I asked Mel about it yesterday and he, 
he did not confirm, he could not confirm that at this point that he was hired, but um, all indications are that's the case. Okay, then. Well, it's going to be interesting to track as always. I mean, recruiting, man, it's, it's, uh, I mean, obviously in basketball, where Michigan State is in a position where they, they attract a lot of the top guys in the country, but you know, football recruiting, I think under Mel is going to be very interesting to watch. You know, like we saw Mark D'Antonio, he was famous for his finding the under-recruited guys in, in key areas and turning them into NFL prospects. You know, Mel Tucker, it seems like early on, maybe he's attracting a slightly higher caliber of player, or maybe he's just looking out there more and sending more offers out. Obviously it doesn't really count until they actually commit, but I think the potential's there for Mel Tucker to attract maybe just a little bit higher tier of talent to East Lansing, especially with his willingness to use the transfer portal. So uh, I think Michigan State fans will be watching eagerly to see if the recruiting can sort of tick up just a bit at Michigan State because when you're trying to compete with programs like Ohio State and even Michigan and Notre Dame, uh, I mean, these programs get elite kids, and I don't think it's fair to say that Michigan State's ever going to recruit on that level, but – uh, there's no reason they shouldn't be in the top five or six, the Big Ten, in my opinion, at least, in terms of recruiting. So it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, on-field results help with that. And last year, you know, a couple big wins, but not a lot to show for it. So you have a good season, pull off some wins this year. I think the recruiting will come along with it. Let's shift to basketball. Uh, Tom Izzo also very much uh, active right now uh, going after these kids. Kyle, you and me, we kind of talked about uh, some of the main targets uh, last pod a couple weeks or about a month ago. Um, but uh, already you're seeing kids on, on campus, Terrace Reed, the um, four-star power forward from St. Louis, uh, I believe on campus either yesterday or today. Um, but, I mean, what's going on in the, on the basketball side of things? Yeah, uh, get your notebook back out. I'll throw some more names at you. Yeah, Terrace <laughs> Reed, uh, the big man. I, th- I think it's a good sign for Michigan State to see him on campus. They were in on him early, but he's kind of blown up and gotten a lot of big-time offers. Um, but I think it's good to see that Michigan, for Michigan State, um, that there's still his first visit there. So I think that means that um, there's still a lot of mutual interest there. Um, other player on campus um, this week, and he tweeted it, so we know he's there, is uh, Trey Holloman. He is, uh, as far as I know, the only point guard they're seriously considering or the only one that's reported an offer, uh, Minnesota kid. Um, he's another one of these football-basketball combo kids, which we seem to be seeing a lot of these days um, for, for whatever reason. He um, says he hasn't decided which sport he's playing at the next level and is considering playing both. Uh, he has offers um, from Michigan State for both football and basketball, and, and I guess he's going to be visiting both programs during – during his visit here. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting. I'm not sure Michigan State really, really needs a point guard in this class, but I think if last season taught us anything, it's have some options there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Better to have one too many than one too few. And um, it's his, Michigan State's his first official too, which is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, um, and that's a little surprising, I, I, and, you know, for a me. A little bit, yeah. Um, it, this whole thing kind of backwards to me because the, the, I think the conventional wisdom in recruiting is you want to be the last official visit. Um, because it, there's always been that thought that you want to leave the last impression and, and you want to be, whenever these kids make a decision, you want to be the last kind of place in their minds. But I think the, the COVID-19, the extended dead period kind of flipped everything because there's so many, you know, there's so much kind of pent up, you know, visits taking place, you know, a lot of 
programs are trying to get a lot of kids in. So I think you want to make sure you get on the schedule um, and make sure, you know, you're not missing out on these kids and these visits who, you know, it's who they're only taking a limited number. So I, I think now you kind of want to be among the first. So, so Michigan state's got two of their key guys in in a couple of weeks. Uh, they have a couple more scheduled Isaac Trout, big man from Nebraska um, it's scheduled to come in and then Jaden shoot uh, confirmed that it is indeed shoot uh, for our future reference. Um, who is a shooter um, from Illinois. Wait, it's uh, shoot the shooter. Yeah. Shoot the oh, shooter. So. I need this guy on my team. Come on. Yeah, that's yeah, just it's, fantastic. It's a no, it's a no brainer. So um, <laughs> did a story about him a couple weeks ago, if anyone wants to look it up. So he uh, he's from the same AU program as Max Christie. Um, which I think helps them, uh, but also Doug Wojcik, uh, the new Michigan state assistant coach, whenever we decide to confirm that from the program, um, uh, his sons played for that AAU program and played with Jaden, um, which I think gives Michigan state a couple connections to that recruitment. Uh, still, still a lot of, of suitors in that one, but I think Michigan state, um, is in, uh, has some good connections there and could be in pretty good shape for that one. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see him get a visit, uh, you know, scheduled. looks like June 18th for him and June 17th for Trout. So they could be on the on campus at the same time. But it's good to see, um, you know, that he's interested in getting on campus right away. I mean, Michigan State, especially last year, man, they, they really missed that knockdown shooter, you know. I mean, you, you think mm-hmm. about how many all through the years they've had, you know, the guy, you know, whether it's Matt McQuaid or Bryn Forbes or – you know, Gary Harris or, you know, obviously Cash could shoot. But, I mean, like, just somebody who is an above-average shooter outside, uh, they didn't have that last year, and it really limited their offense uh, in terms of what they could do. Um, you know, Foster was probably their best shooter on the team last year, and he couldn't get his shots up half the time. You know, Aaron Henry, marginal shoot, three-point shooter at best. So, the offense kind of became Aaron Henry just driving at the basket last <laughs> year because they just or Langford and Rocket taking mid-range jumpers it was so bizarre to see a Michigan State team without someone that you could just kick it to in the corner and drain a three and Jaden shoots certainly seems like someone who would fit that profile for sure I mean and Jaden shoot in in the 24-7 rankings is number 153 he's outside the top 150 but he has nine big 10 offers which is crazy. I've never seen a kid ranked outside the 150 having that many big time offers. And talking to Jay Yukos, it's like, yeah, everybody wants a shooter. And um, it just to me that goes to speak with with where the game is right now and how important that is as a skill set. Then, you know, there's not a lot of really elite uh, high school shooters out there. You know, there's a lot of kids who can, but not a lot of truly elite ones. And, and all indications are that he's an elite one. So Michigan State would need that. Um, I, I think before that happens, I think Max Christie can can help be that guy. I mean, he's, um, from all indications, an above-average shooter. So I think he could help do that. But I also, I also wonder how much the point guard issues led to the poor shooting last year. Um, the number of guys who should have been better shooters who just couldn't hit, um, whether it's Gabe Brown or – Gabe, Gabe Brown. Gabe Brown actually shot better than um, – his numbers are better than it seemed like. Um, but they but should I, be better I, still, I, also, I feel like. I, he still. could be, yeah. Um, but I, I wonder if they get their point guard straightened out better, whether it's Tyson Walker or Jaden Aiken, some combination. If they can get more higher percentage shots for some guys, get some more guys in rhythm, get some confidence going, if we start to see some of those numbers go up a little bit. 
Yeah, and to your point, I mean, take Kentucky, for example. You see John, John Calipari, they had the same issue last year. They couldn't shoot. Right. And you see him going on the transfer portal this year with Keelan Grady uh, from Davidson, C.J. Frederick from Iowa. Uh, he's just, like, going out and bringing in shooters because uh, they, they, I don't care how talented you are, if you can't put the ball in the basket from behind the three-point line, you're going to struggle in today's day and age in college basketball. So, uh, yeah, definitely a shift there. If you want to look at uh, other targets that uh, haven't uh, locked in a visit to Michigan State yet, Jalen Washington, I would say, is the big one. He did lock in official visits for both North Carolina and Stanford. Um, so, uh, I mean, you said that maybe you want to be the last one in old times, but uh, or in old times. It feels like it was 20 years ago. Old but, um, yeah, <laughs> last way back in 2019. No, uh, but, I mean, he's already visiting two other places. I know this has been a target they've been on for a while. Um, do, you, do you look into this at all, that, that maybe this means Michigan State's lagging behind, or is it just a scheduling thing with Jalen? No, it, it, it could be a scheduling thing, and it could also go to what Matt said, which is that you get a limited number of official visits, um, and you might want to use those for a far away, exciting place. Uh, I'm not sure North Carolina qualifies, but uh, you know, a place that you can't get in the car and be in, in a couple hours. And, and Jalen Washington is from Gary, Indiana. So um, maybe the thought process there is, you know, I can take an unofficial um, to Michigan State anytime I want to, and I'm going to save my officials for someplace I can't drive to. So I, I can't Makes say that so. for sure, but um, that could certainly be the case. And he's, he's been on, I, I know I've seen him in Bridgman at least once before. So Michigan State has had him on campus. So I would not, uh, I would not be too alarmed um, about that one. Other guys to look out for, five-star big man from California, Kijani Wright. Doesn't look like he's locked in. Oh, Texas on June 9th. Uh, looks like he has an official visit there. Kyle, you talked to him. He said that he was very much open to coming to Michigan. Um, and, and that's a case where, you know, California to Michigan – you know, maybe he would be interested in taking an official visit because not exactly drivable there, but he's a guy to watch. And then uh, Ty Rogers, I was surprised to see, uh, according to Tipton Edits, uh, he said Michigan State is still recruiting him pretty hard. He seemed like a Michigan lean to me for a long time. Um, but uh, I was surprised to see that, you know, Michigan State was still in on him because I was thinking that, you know, the kid from Grand Blank, uh, I should say, four-star kid. Um, it seemed like they were cooling on him, and maybe they are, but he was indicating that Michigan State's still recruiting him pretty hard. So I found that to be interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's been hard to get a gauge on, on really the interest level there. So I guess I'd say I'd be surprised, um, but who knows? And, and he seemed to be, you know, I think Michigan got his first visit there right after the, the dead period ended. So I think that's pretty telling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a Michigan guy. He just does. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you never know. These things are very fluid. So um, anything else that Michigan State should be looking out for in terms of recruiting? I mean, uh, I've always been curious, like, what – I mean, and either of you can answer this, but I've always been curious, like, what does an official visit actually entail? Is it literally just like a tour? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a – I mean, the difference between an unofficial and official, I mean – one, I mean, there there are accounts for officials and numbers you can have, but I mean, really, it's a get, it's getting it paid for. I mean, if a kid's going to come on an unofficial, say from California or Florida or whatever, that's rather telling because they're footing the bill, you know, and they're their parents, whatever. Uh, the officials are paid for, but yeah, I mean, it is. You're you're getting the, the they roll out the red carpet basically, you know, and you get to see you know everything. You know, they take you on the tour and you, you take the photos, you go to the stadium and all that stuff. But it's different off, you know, 
now that you can do these at this time of year, it's different than in the fall when they do these and you, you know, it's a game weekend and they try to center it around that. And most, a lot of these schools, they like to bring in, you know, the commits at once, you know, bringing them all together and try and get them to form a bond. And I'm sure you'll see that this year at Michigan state, but um, you also in the fall, you got a limited number of, of the windows is what it is. And you have um, a limited number of home games. So um, yeah, I mean, officially they're just bringing them in. I've seen, I've seen some reports that because of the lack of in-person evaluation that some of these guys are going to be asked to work out on their official visits. Um, that would be, that would make it interesting, but I don't believe that to be the case uh, here. Are they allowed to yeah, interact it, with the team itself on their officials, like play on the field with them? Like if so, well, know. they can interact with the, uh, with the, uh, with the current members of the team. Right. They can, right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's allowed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Har- not Harlem, Harlem Barnett will tell you that you're not allowed to <laughs> basketball and tear your, tear your Achilles <laughs> with a recruit. Um, uh, though if you don't know that story, um, Kari, Kari Willis and um, Harlem Barnett played uh, pickup basketball against one each other, one another on a visit. Um, <laughs> Harlem Barnett tears his Achilles during the game and to add insult to injury, um, they got a recruiting violation for it, a very, a very minor one. But uh, yeah, I always get a kick out of that. <laughs> that is the most. That is the biggest, biggest insult possible. You get your Achilles blown out trying to play with some with a seventeen-year-old kid, and then you get slapped with a low-level uh, recruiting violation to boot. So that's fine. I think Harlan. Had, I think Harlan had a good sense of humor about it. That's yeah, awesome. Michigan State, for, for basketball, it's interesting. You notice they're bringing in these kids in in twos. Obviously, they have a lot fewer visitors than football. But the, uh, Michigan State always seems like they try to bring in guys together kind of in groups and, and kind of do it that way. Uh, it, I've been told different programs kind of do it different ways. Some guys, some places try to make it seem like, you know, you're the star, you're the only guy here, and give them that. Michigan State kind of tries to get a group mentality going, I think, a little bit. But the summer is a little bit different. Um, I, I would think the official visit um, would have a different dynamic then. The general MO for Michigan State is to build it around a big football game. Um, so you go see that. But the other thing that they do is they try to get as many alumni as they can back in a weekend. Um, they, they try to have their big official visit weekend when they got a lot of alumni there. And if you can get, you know, Draymond or Gary Harris or some of those guys there to kind of try to get some star power there and, and show you, you know, um, give a little bit of a reminder of the types of guys that have come through the program and what they've gone on to after that. that that's that's kind of, to me, the hallmark of the official visit for basketball at Michigan State is to try to do those types of things. Uh, and that makes so it's a little different. They'll, they'll still do fall official visits. I, I, Matt, you might know. I, I feel like you get you might get more this year or you get like a second round in the fall or something like that. I, yeah, I mean, I can't remember the numbers off the top. Yeah, but of I, th- I, th- I think we'll have numbers. more kids coming in the fall and they'll be doing that too. Um, but that, that's kind of the basketball's um, way of operating. And I remember that 16 class, that huge one, um, you know, the, the Miles Bridges, uh, Cassius Winston class. That's what they did. They got them all there for a big, huge recruiting weekend um, in that fall and, and it ended up working out pretty well for them. Yeah, and that makes sense for Michigan State to do things that way. You know, the family atmosphere is obviously a huge hallmark of the, of the basketball program. Uh, you know, players past, present, future, all sort of being in one big family. Makes sense for him to go about it that way. And we know Tom is a loves football. So, uh, you know, <laughs> right. fo- the, 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 the tradition around football and just, uh, I guess, the spectacle that football has, uh, I can see why they would want to use that. And obviously that's no new thing. A lot of programs do that, um, setting up the big week. We always see Tom on the sideline and all the random guys on the sideline. So that makes sense. 
Let's uh, talk bigger picture here. Just one more topic. Uh, Tom Izzo was on the, uh, the Greenberg podcast. I remember he was, uh, Kyle, you, you pointed it out that he was sort of talking about his philosophy in terms of recruiting and with the transfer portal. I think he has the right attitude towards this. And, and this is re- related to, you know, Mike Krzyzewski retiring. We kind of wanted to touch on what that might mean for Izzo as, as one of the, you know, sort of old guard coaches in college basketball. But, uh, you know, he talked about how he's leery of the changes being made in college basketball in terms of the, the no penalty for, for, for uh, transferring and just what it could do to certain programs. But he doesn't seem like he's in a place where he's fully rejecting it. And that seems like the right attitude to have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Leary is kind, a kind way to put it. I mean, he, he once said that the day that, that immediate eligibility comes is the day that he quits. So, yeah. I um, mean, he, he's been outspoken against it in the past, I guess, but I feel like he's kind of um, warmed up to it. It's, it's a balance because um, in, in time is there's perfect world. It would be, you know, like it was 10, 15 years ago. We're very, very few player transferred most guys were around for three to four years and you could really um you could really focus on player development and that could be your key to winning is having these guys get better year after year and have a bunch of third and fourth year guys who form the core of your team and i I think he sees that reality slipping away a little bit um and um i think that's really kind of what's bothersome for him but um yeah it's going to be a balance um because i you know, he went and got Tyson Walker this year. He, he, he's against the transfer portal, but I think, but he knows that if he completely boycotts it, that that's going to um, handcuff his program. So he's not going to boycott the, um, the transfer portal. He's going to go to it when he needs it, but he's also not going to be like some of these programs that are pulling five, six guys out of it either. You know, he's going to try to focus on the player development as much as he can, but I think knowing that he can't, you can't have that be his only thing like it was 10 years ago. So it's, he's modernizing, I think, as much as he needs to uh, while still trying to keep kind of his program culture, his program hallmarks um, as best as he can. the sense that I get. Well, I think, I, I do think Michigan State has an advantage in terms of like, Tom Izzo's been there forever, right? There is an established culture. There's this established track record of guys staying for two, three years and then getting better and turning themselves into NBA players. You know, you could say the same thing about maybe like Virginia or Villanova, same sort of idea where these guys go there. I mean, they get their fair share of one and dones, but they're the hallmark of the program is still guys getting developed. And unlike some of these other programs where you're seeing like mass transfers, like, you know, I, I don't know think of anyone like uh, Texas A&M or uh, Mississippi State where Rocket Watts went or just some of these like (laughs) power conference teams that don't have you know great basketball tradition I think that the transfer stuff is going to impact them more than a program like Michigan State which is you know their culture's embedded it's it's they've been this way for a while I mean, we've seen it this year. Everyone was expecting all these transfers, and really Rocket was the only one that was, I guess maybe you could say, slightly surprising. I mean, Kithier and Lawyer, we kind of knew that they needed to, to move down a level. Um, but, I mean, you see other guys, you know, Bingham, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, all these guys that had, you know, what you would say is a slightly disappointing season last year. Well, maybe not slightly. It was pretty disappointing for a lot of guys, and yet they're sticking around to hang out because – I think they believe that Michigan State is the best place for them to be, and Tom Izzo is the best coach for them to have. They went there for a reason, right? Right, and it, to me, that question is going to be a pretty key determinant in if 
how long Tommy Joe coaches, to be honest with you. Because I think his fear is that, um, uh, you know, if, if Draymond Green starts his college career tomorrow, that he transfer after his freshman year. Because Draymond Green famously averaged, I forget how many, very few points. Like two and four or something like that. Like two and four, yeah. <laughs> um, and, but, in, you know, in Draymond Green's era, you, you know, most guys stuck it out through that. And obviously we know how it worked out for him. Um, same with Morris Peterson. Uh, very tough freshman year, thought about transferring, wasn't really what guys did back then. So he stuck it out. Great career, you know, great NBA career. Um, so I think, I think Izzo worries that um, this day and age, if you have a season like that, your first or second year, that you're just gone. And if that's starting to happen um, every year, you know, with all these guys, um, then I think that's the sort of situation that he's afraid of and that he'll say, yeah, this isn't what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. But to your point, um, there's a number of guys on this year's roster who young guys who did not have the season that they wanted, and they're mostly still here. You know, the guys they lost, um, yeah, Rockets may be the only surprising one, but the other two um, were both third-year guys. Um, but, you know, you want to talk about younger guys, you know, maybe A.J. Hogard um, didn't have the year he wanted to. Maybe, you know, uh, Mighty Sissoko didn't play as much as he wanted to. You know, those guys are all still there. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, maybe, it, maybe it won't be as bad as he thinks. And, and maybe the, and I think that's what Thomas was hoping. He certainly never wanted this, but I think he, he's still holding out hope that maybe it won't be quite as bad as he, he's worried it'll be. Well, I think it's safe to say every, everyone, but Aaron Henry didn't have the year that they were hoping to have last year. But, uh, I mean, it, the other side of this is players, right? So like, we're, this is obviously player empowerment. That's what this is. Uh, that's what's driving this. A lot of people feel the players should have the same power that the coaches have, that they can just pick up and leave. And that's what's kind of happened. But I think maybe like one of the unforeseen consequences or, or things that happen when you let 17, 18 year old kids make the decisions is, and I think Tom touched on this is there's not room for everyone to play at major programs, right? I mean, like every kid who plays basketball at the division one high major level has a swag factor. They have an ego, they have an, or they're used to being the best player on the court and, or at least one of the best players on the court. And when, uh, you know, every player has this sort of confidence in themselves as you need to have to play division one basketball, um, it can get to their head, especially if you don't have a a good circle around you. If you have people who are pumping that you're the best, you're the best. There's no way to improve. You need to go somewhere else. I think you're getting into some murky waters there from a player standpoint, because there is something to be said for stability. No. Yeah, I, I agree. And the the numbers crunch is going to be interesting because, you know, everybody getting a fifth year that played last year um, is going to create fewer spots, you know, guys who decide to come back um, and and the coaches want to take them. That's going to be fewer spots for recruits. It's going to be fewer spots for transfers. You know, the thousand, however many kids you went to the portal this year, not every one of them is going to find a spot where they want it. Um, So, so that, that, that's going to be tough and it's going to be, um, it's going to be a numbers crunch for sure. Like, do you think Rocket Watts really left Michigan State and said, I want to go to the other MSU, Mississippi State. They're known for their rock-solid college basketball program. That's my number one destination. Like, I don't I know. I mean, I'll, I'll say that I'll, – I'll say I think players look at it maybe a little bit differently than fans. Um, I, I think he's going to look at a place, and I don't know um, how true this is. I don't know Mississippi State's roster and rotation, but dudes want touches and dudes want playing time, you know. So I, I think players, most of them would rather go to um, maybe a 
not as great basketball players, but a place where they're going to be able to showcase themselves and get X number of shots, X number of minutes. And that's maybe for a lot of guys, not every one of them, uh, but for a lot of guys, that's maybe a little bit more important than being um, in a smaller role at a bigger program. If that's the case, why does every five-star go to Duke and Kentucky? But that's a conversation for another day, that's I guess. A, that's, that's a whole different one. <laughs> but just real quickly before we wrap up here, we, we mentioned Coach K retiring after this year. Um, Tom is always sort of touched on how recruiting could be one of the impacts. Uh, and coach K yesterday said that the changing landscape of college basketball has no influence. I'm not buying it. I don't, I don't Roy, Roy Williams said the same thing. I'm not buying it. These guys who are approaching 80 years old. I mean, Bayheim, I get the same thing from him. I don't, they're not down with these changes. I mean, it seems pretty clear and they, they're just sort of like, I've been at this forever doing things my way. It works just fine. And yes, they're getting older, but part of it is just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Um, and Tom Izzo, what, he's 66 now. So, um, I mean, Coach K is like 10 years older than him. So you, you think you would get some few more years here. And I'm of the opinion that Izzo, and I, and I know you agree, is that he really wants that second title. You know, he's been close, oh, so close. And uh, I just think he's going to stick it out until he take a few more cracks at it while he's on the precipice. But uh, so I, I don't see him retiring for maybe 10 years still, in my opinion. But what do you think? Uh, if he's around after five more from this, I will be, I would be surprised. Interesting. Um, and what is it? If he's still coaching at 20 in 2026, I'll be surprised. Um, and what do you, what is the main reason for that opinion? Uh, the main reason is that I, I really think um, the direction that the game's going um, is not what he signed up for. Um, and I think he's a little young to hang it up right now. And I think he's at least willing to see how it plays out, even if he's pretty convinced that it's going to play out in a way he doesn't want. Um, but, you know, the way he described it yesterday, this was on the, the Tiki and Trini show on CBS radio that, um, you know, when his frustration factor surpasses his enjoyment factor. That's, that's when he'll hang it up. And, and, and nobody knows, but Tom, when those two different meters, when one's going to pass the other, you know, um, how much his enjoyment goes down, how much his frustration goes up. Um, but he certainly made it clear that they're getting closer and people are not wrong to wonder about Tom Izzo when you see Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, Lon Kruger all retire in the span of six weeks. You know, I don't care what they say in their press conferences. That's not a coincidence. That's, that's a, a fact due to the state of the game. And for people to see that and wonder if Tom Israel's of the same mindset, well, he is. And he's not, he's not hiding the fact that this is potentially pushing him closer to retirement. Um, it, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, I, I'd be surprised if it happens after this season. But um, I, th five years, um, th that's kind of what I'm looking at, less than that. Yeah, and it's telling the guys that these programs are replacing uh, their their coaches with. Hubert Davis is right. like 50. John Shire is like 33. Like, I remember him playing not very long ago. <laughs> um, so it's telling that these programs are replacing them with young guys who are going to be more open to the changing landscape of college basketball. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I, I, I think that we need to just sort of in general need to let this sort of stuff just play out in college basketball. You know, there's people like Dick Vitale ranting and raving every day about how it's ruining the game and it's chaos. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that we need to, to see how this plays out because I think um, there's going to be unforeseen consequences. There's going to be things we're not thinking about now that are going to happen through all this, this new brave new world of college basketball. But I do think you're right, Kyle. And, and like I said, I mean, 
the, the sort of old school coaches, um, I'm not sure they're too thrilled with how, the direction it's going right now. And we might see some of them retiring sooner. So uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the second day film or second day. I do that all the time. The Spartan Confidential Podcast. Uh, it's good to be back, guys. I miss talking to you. I miss talking shop about the Spartans. Uh, secured my tickets for Michigan State, Miami. I'll be in the fifth row down there in Miami, Matt. So I'll wave yeah, to you. Noon start. Yeah, that yeah. Noon start. Yeah. I wasn't thrilled about the I, noon I, start. I would, I would avoid. I would avoid too much uh, pregame uh, enjoyment, or else. You know, in the sun. What do you think the chances of that are? <laughs> I'm flying down to Miami to drink water. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I'm I'm pretty hyped. About, I'm pretty pumped about it. Honestly, like I was hoping for a 3:30 man. I thought that that would be perfect ABC 3:30 game. You know. But 10 no, a.m. Fox says that the, the noon's the new time slot. So yeah, we believe that. Yeah, well, but you see, can imagine how thrilled I am with that 9 p.m. start on a Friday night to the season. So I'm pumped about that. That's going to be a heck of a night. Sorry, but you won't uh, be you won't be up working till six o'clock in the morning. So I can nope. understand why you'd be a little more excited. <laughs> well, we're still a couple months away, but I'm ready for football already. If you can't tell, but uh, we'll stay on this through the off season. If you could please like, rate, and review the podcast. Continue leaving those reviews. We very much appreciate it. Um, and check out our work at mlive.com/spartans. But for uh, Matt Wenzel and Kyle Austin, I'm Brandon Champion. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And go green.